Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress tech experts. Here's your hosts, Jonathan Denwood and Andrew Palmer. I'm Andrew Palmer from WP Tonic, and I'm the host today, and I don't know what's going on, but it's episode number 658, and uh, welcome, and we're going to get do a little round robin and in, introduce our guests to you by them introducing themselves to you. And the first one that I've, we've got, we've got a special guest, Brian Gardner. Brian, tell us, tell us uh, who you are, why you are, and what you are. Uh, yes, thank you for having me yet again. Uh, I am Brian Gardner, Principal Developer Advocate at WP Engine, founder of Studio Press, co-creator of the Genesis Framework. Cool. And we've got Sally. Good morning. I'm Sally Getch, WP fangirl, and fast becoming the full site editing fangirl. Good girl. Right. Well, then we've got Spence, who's joined us. He's uh, bearded up this week. How are you, Spence? What's going on? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm taking an oath of non-shaving for January. It's Spence from WP Launchify. And I want to ask you guys real quick, I can't find this streaming on Facebook. Are you sure it's actually streaming? And if so, can you post the link so I can share it? Ah. Of course. It says it's streaming. It says, it says it's, it's streaming. It says I can't find it. Right, yeah, well. You've done your introduction. You're good. Let's go to uh, John with the cap. We've got two Johns here. So Lockdown SEO. John, introduce yourself. Yeah. John from LockdownSEO.com. Great. And uh, my co-host and the founder of WP Tonic Podcast and WPTonic.com. Jonathan, tell us who you are and uh, keep it brief because we've got to go to an advert. Yeah, sure. I'm the founder of WP Tonic. We build membership and host membership and learning management systems for e-learning entrepreneurs. And uh, I suppose I better tell people who I am. I'm Andrew Palmer and uh, co-founder of Bertha.ai making things easier to write in WordPress. Right, let's go. So now we're going to take a short break and introduce our main sponsor, Castos. Hi there, folks. I just wanted to tell you about our major sponsor, and that's Castos. If you're looking to get into podcasting for yourself or for clients, you need a top-quality podcasting platform, and that's what you get with Castos. It has a superb interface, really easy to use, and you're not penalised for success. They have a flat-rate pricing structure. Don't matter how many podcasts you make, how many downloads you achieve, you'll just pay at one fixed rate with Castos. Plus, there's support, and just the quality of the people are just amazing so that's great thanks very much for waiting for that we're back so castos actually have a great offer they're a great podcast solution provider if you go to wp-tonic.com forward slash recommendations take a look not only at the castos offer but also take a look at uh, some other offers from our great sponsors without whom we couldn't do this show right let's move on and get ready for the first one which is I'm going to give this to you, Brian. You, you know, you've you've been your co-developer, I think, on Frost WP. You know about block themes. You, you know, what are block themes? What you need to know before WordPress 5.9. Take us through your thoughts on this article. What do people need to know about WordPress 5.9? Well, that would take several days to explain. Uh, there is a lot coming to WordPress 5.9, mainly the full site editing capability, or at least most of the part fully completed yet, but um, that's okay. Uh, so block themes are a new way of building a WordPress website. And essentially what we're talking about is leveraging the block editor, uh, originally known as Gutenberg, which is still the name of the plugin. Uh, and this allows people to um, build their websites with blocks versus HTML or plugins or builders or, or whatnot. Uh, full site editing is also being accompanied in 5.9 with the site editor, which is sort of the first incarnation of being able to um, handle and build uh, the, the various templates, uh, index, archive, single, search, 404 kind of stuff within the dashboard uh, and not doing it uh, via local code editor and uploading through FTP. So sure, cool. uh, itself, it's great for users, great for builders. What about, I mean, I've heard, um, you know, obviously I'm looking into this and I've heard about custom post types. It's a bit harder to do with a, with, with this new system, with the new block system. And I've, I've also, you know, the widgets, that's causing people a few issues of where did they put a widget? How do they put a widget on a post or a page? And um, headers, you know, with being 
part of a page builder generation really i grew up with wordpress with with page builders to be honest and you know headers have, have always been an issue the menu items how to highlight particular items and things like that how's that gonna how is full site editing gonna facilitate that kind of design desire if you like uh so the site editor allows you sort of the the menu mm-hmm. management is going from sort of the traditional sidebar menu management to a screen to sort of part of the site editor experience where you can you know pull in the list of pages you can create a menu you can manage links in the menu uh it will be a work in progress when it ships. I already like where it's going. Um, I, I really like the fact that I believe the customizer and widgets themselves will be on their way out. Uh, certainly legacy supported type of stuff. They're completely but, gone in 2022. Yes, uh, which which is, uh, I'm good with all that stuff. I like, I like progress. So um, I, there's a lot of progress coming here in WordPress. All right. So one more question for you because we've got you and you've developed Frost WP. And uh, WP Engine recently made that completely free, right, or open source? Is that correct. right? hundred percent uh, correct. How did that? How did that decision get made? Where? Who made that decision? Uh, it, well, I made the recommendation to take Frost out of my personal uh, project, which was a paid product, and bring it into WP Engine so that our developer relations team could uh, work on it in public and and. You know, WP Engine didn't have any interest in selling it as a standalone theme, nor did I think uh, I would have recommended that. So uh, they made the decision to bring that in-house, to take it off my plate, uh, put it back on my plate internally, because uh, yeah. Nick, Di- Nick Diego and I, uh, the developer relations team, uh, and some of the other folks uh, on the engineering team are going to be working on that exclusively uh, in the same way Automatic's do in 2022. Sure. Brilliant. John, Jonathan. SEO lockdown, Jonathan. Not you, co-host. You can wait your turn. Um, John, I'm Jonathan. Block block themes. How are they going to affect SEO? What's going to happen with that? How are the the SEO plugins going to cope with that? And how is it going to affect SEO, do you reckon? Yeah. I mean, okay, so contrary to what you might think, like the way that Google evaluates a page, it's it's not really going to change that much because what Google is primarily looking at is the content on the page. Uh, the one way that the block themes might help is uh, making it easier, uh, or if it makes it easier for uh, content creators to uh, publish stuff, that might, that might help, or to uh, design pages in a certain way if they're able to create their own landing pages uh, or... Uh, add different styles to different pages that might help them, uh, but Google's just going to evaluate what's on the page and and how users respond to it primarily. Right. Okay. So it's not going to have zero. Yeah, it won't effect. have a big effect. Yeah, cool. yeah. Spence, you you use Gutenberg now. You 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 were well into Elementor and other page builders like Divi doing your products on Launchify. So that, how do you feel about this full site editing experience going to come around to hit us? Well, I'll do, I'll do a slightly fast but deeper dive, which is to say I've been having conversations in the Slack channel over Postatus as well as with, uh, um, I think, Brian, it might be your co-founder or technical guy, the one who's actually running Frost. And I think Frost is amazing. And the conversation there was basically like this. Remember my harking back to why is there even a new default theme that comes out with every version of WordPress? It should be a canvas theme. And I said, Frost is the perfect candidate to be the canvas or the bootstrap, if you're familiar with bootstrap framework, of WordPress. Because what I see happening right now, and also I'm in relations with Munir Kamal, who's doing Editor Plus and the, the, the Gutenberg Hub, too many people working on the same thing, not coordinated. I keep saying this like a broken record. If we can all use Frost as the thing that's delivered inside WordPress, and if the features of the plugin finally get into the, the core, because right now, if you use the Gutenberg plugin, it breaks the crap out of so many other things. We can finally get on to doing something that the world needs, which is WordPress is a unified system where everybody's working on the same page. And that is what I hope happens. And I'm very happy because I could see my Chicago pal Brian here again to talk in first person about the fact making this a free thing since you're aligned with WP Engine was a great move because I would rather it be the basis for everybody to add into instead of everybody trying to reinvent their wheel. Okay, I get that. But what about the other Canvas themes that are out there? And I see it. But Sally, you're excited. 
here's my strong, solid, first out-of-the-box impression. I am baffled, absolutely baffled, why right now we've got 37 different block and pattern makers all competing to sell their own designs. It's mind-blowing. And I'm speaking first person, you know, Extendify, you know, Chris Lukeberg and everything else. There's there's Themium and there's the Crocker block and this and that. It's like everybody's making designs. This is ridiculous, people. It is literally like the Tower of Babel. If we could just get onto one framework with one underlying CSS basis and one mechanism in the dashboard, we would all make more money. That is my goal for 2020. We could all build our own steps to heaven because we. In other words, speaking like the, the same marketplace language. worked because the Divi marketplace worked because everybody knew like the core thing they built on. It wasn't like everybody reinventing Divi and then making accessories for their version of Divi. Uh, we left was, that to Divi. <laughs> But anyway, I get it. Sally, Sally, your full site editing, you've got about 25 seconds. I'm not going to bring John in on this because I've got a, a long one for him to answer the second uh, uh, post we've got. So, Sally, you're, you're, you're full site editing enthusiast. What's going on? I really like it. It's I am more excited about this than I have been about anything in WordPress for a good while. Uh, probably since they first introduced uh, Gutenberg because <clears throat> by the time Gutenberg was in core, I'd been using it for you know, a year. So that wasn't a, 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 that wasn't as big a thing. Um, the, it's definitely a little bumpy here and there, but this is kind of what we always wanted that, oh, if I want to do something with the header, I can just like, I can see the header up here. I can just edit the header. Uh, if I, uh, you know, uh, uh, and the footer, and, uh, you know, select a layout for my page. And the block pattern browser has gotten better. It's a little bit hidden because you have to hit like browse all before you get the whole page experience of seeing sure. the patterns. Um, so uh, it will be a little rough, I think, at least until the next version of WordPress. But it's definitely worth checking out. And if you're building a simple site, um, I would say it's ready for prime time. Brilliant. Well done. Thank you. Right. We've got the second story because we've got a little conspiracy theorist that, you know, kind of is around us. His name is Jonathan Denwood. Deep Sentinel's AI now stops Prime using POE cameras, POE cameras. Jonathan, you've got your own view on this, so I'm going to start you with this, but it's... Uh, it's a pertinent thing, really. So tell us your view on this. Yeah, I just thought this was an interesting story and the um, founder and CEO of this um, very fast-moving startup, very popular in Silicon Valley, has got enormous growth at the present moment, was interviewed in This Week in Startups. And um, Jason is one of the investors in this company and they had a... Um, basically, they make um, two-way cameras with voice activization. When they see somebody that shouldn't be in a house or a commercial enterprise, they're, they're challenged by a real person that can be based offshore. And then if that person is identified as not being uh, on a list and they use um, AI to do that, um, if the person doesn't respond, the police are notified. And, you know, they were singing the praises of this. And, you know, if your house is burgled two, three times, yeah, you're going to love this because you get the benefits of a, a security guard at one third the cost or less. Or if you're a commercial business, then your insurance is doubled. You're going to love it. And if you're the police instead of all these false flags, you're going to be told there's a real person who's been challenged. So all these people love it, but the problem is the medium long-term, because don't you just end up out of a scene of 1984 where you are watched 24-7 um, and you have no privacy, zero privacy. So... The reason why I thought it's a really interesting story is you've got all these benefits to individuals, but when you look at the medium long term, the consequence of this type of technology is really quite alarming. That's my personal take on it. 
Well, I think Spence, Spence and I, have, I think, have had conversations around this. And I think, you know, one of the things were that we had conversations that CCTVs are around. There's sort of 50 million in America. There's 35,000 cameras in Chicago. You know, it covers every street corner. And we're always talking about iPhones and, you know, Alexa being at home and, and uh, you know, Google Echo Dots or whatever they're called. So, we, you know, are these devices listening to us? Because we see as soon as we talk about something, it appears on Facebook. I mean, there's paranoia there already. But it's the line that we've got to draw between protecting our own and our property, keeping the cost down for the police services and the rescue services and um, making sure that we don't that we actually save money by doing that. Spence, what's your thoughts on this? I listened to this article. I uh, listened to the This Week in Startups with Jason Kalkanis, and he spoke to the founder. I previously was a real estate investor and landlord, and I had 120 apartments. And I dealt with the city of Chicago. I also dealt with the Chicago Police Department for petty stuff. The thing that strikes me is, is really just the no-brainer here. Number one is that when you had alarm systems, as we did, it was literally like 99% false alarms, but they would basically act like morons and call the police every time. And the police in Chicago, unless blood is shooting out of your head, do not want to be bothered by any of this. <laughs> so it was essentially the boy who cried wolf problem. And this solves it because they basically say, we got a, you know, a blankety blank, six foot two person of this doing whatever with this and that and the other. They tell them exactly who to look for. And this is where they're located. And we've got evidence for you so you can prosecute them. Second of all is in terms of like the cat or the genie being out of the bottle, cat out of the bag. <laughs> I think Britain has 800 million cameras all the time. And Chicago, 50 million. Every, 50 million. everybody is tracked everywhere anyway. And if you're outside of somebody's work or business and acting dicey, what is the difference? You're already being recorded by a passive camera anyway. The only difference is now your behavior, if it's looking sketchy, like why you keep going in circles, is going to get a cop over there to talk to you in person. Hopefully not murder you because you're not the right color, but at least there will be evidence to show what the cop did right or wrong. You know, and that's another issue to talk about. John, on you know, we talk about this John Locke all the time, but like this will help police understand they're being watched when they go to respond to a thing. So I, I'm in favor of this, and I think it's the future for everybody's benefit. If, if the police, uh, unlike our Met Police, investigate retrospective offences, which they don't seem to do in our country, but anyway, never mind. Uh, they, I'm going to move on from that, because I think it's a, it's a really controversial subject. We've all got our own views on it, um, and I know that Brian is not around, and uh, you know, for, Brian's only here for a short period of time, so I want to get him to comment on, uh, there's a Freemius um, uh, post, that, and they do great stuff. Vova Feldman is really hardworking on the blogs and, and helps go there, helps people grow uh, their plug-in businesses. But he's, he's talking about acquisitions. Uh, I've been through it. Brian, you've been through it. You're now working with the company that uh, acquired you. You've sold a few things. And uh, how... What's your view on this article one and two? How's how's it going? What was the decision process for making you sell your stuff? You know, like I, I talked to Matt Medeiros about this yesterday. We ah. we talked a little bit about not the freemiest thing in particular, but just gen, generally speaking, acquisitions. I, you know, in any industry, that's what's going to happen. Everybody starts out in the same playing field. Some rise up, some don't. Uh, you get sort of conglomerates that form WP Engine, Liquid Web, GoDaddy, start to, these hosting companies that start to identify, you know, uh, unique value propositions they can offer by acquiring things that are already built and have established audiences. And it just makes sense. I think uh, those who generally have a negative attitude or reaction to any of this stuff are usually people who either failed at trying to do it or are are envious or things of that nature, right? You never really get somebody who says, hey, that really stinks, but also went through it because, you know, it, it kind of is the evolution of any industry. Um, for us in the studio press acquisition, you know, I've always been candid about this. A lot of the reason we sold that was the, the partners were tired and Gutenberg was coming and we just didn't want to, you know, and we had other things going on in our company, right? Copy Blogger had several lines of business. Studio Press was one of them. And at that point, I was sort of done. I was ready to throw in the towel of of that tenure, uh, speaking specifically, 
And so we made the decision. WP Engine was the right partner. We helped with the transition. They fulfilled every promise they made when they did the acquisition. Uh, I, I sort of watched my proverbial wilderness, which is what I needed to do. Uh, the season lasted a little longer than I thought. Failed at a real estate sit, uh, gig that I was trying to start up. And then, you know, at the same time, the, the block patterns and kind of all of that came to light here with WordPress this past summer. And I sort of had like a re-energy built around that, which is where Frost came. Um, WP Engine offered me the position to come in. And at the time, after spending 15 years sort of in entrepreneur land, I was ready to not have that responsibility. That was really, you know, one of the big decisions was like, I was just ready for a season where I didn't have to worry about all of what, you know, um, comes with either being a startup or running your own business or whatever. Uh, and it was a great offer. The company culture is great. The benefits are great. Uh, they, they they allowed me to make the recommendation to bring Frost in. So, like, essentially, I'm living in, like, Wonder World right now with, with what we're doing. Who's the CEO of WPN? Uh, the CEO is Heather Bruner. Uh, and there she you was, go. There yeah. you go. That's what I wanted. I just needed a female name. So mm-hmm. we've got Heather running um, WP Engine. We've got a full board at Newfold Digital that are, I think it's 90% women. Uh, how are you... Because we're, you know, John John Locke is proper. He's our diversity king here. You know, we try and try and get people as as much as we can, or diversity um, shout out person that that I know. We trying to trying to understand the WordPress hierarchy. Uh, and I don't want to get too controversial here, but how do you feel about how women are now? in a greater position in the WordPress community in these conglomerates to actually drive forward a diversity change? How do you feel about that as a person that's right in the middle of it? I'm all for it. I mean, Heather's amazing. And, you know, from what I've seen since I've joined in, what I've known for 10 years before that, um, she's led WP Engine to where it's at now. I mean, obviously it takes a village, as she says. Sure. Um, but... You know, I have no problem whatsoever in any context, you know, higher, lower, left, right side, you know, with with women or the diversity thing. I think it's fantastic. I think the culture WP Engine sets with her at the top, but the the diversity that um, we really, really are into as a company is amazing. So um, I'm all for it and have no problems with with it other than it being used as propaganda. I think there are times, not necessarily in WordPress, just in our society, people like, oh, we're going to do a thing just to do a thing. And it's really less about trying to be, you know, all encompassing than it is about using the fact that they're doing that as a thing. And that's yeah, the that, only- yeah, doing, doing a thing because it's to do a thing rather than yeah. do, it, do it properly and rightly. So can I, can I say something quickly? Um, no, I haven't asked you. I was just <laughs> about to ask. I never stopped any of the other panel, but you did. Right. Cause yeah, I, I, I agree with so much of Brian, but I, what I fundamentally disagree with you, Brian, is apart from the purchase of your own business from WP Engine, which I could actually follow the logic, right? I mm-hmm. could actually understand why WP Engine bought Studio Press. I've got to be honest, the rest of the purchases that we have seen over the past year, I see no logic in them at all. Really, honestly, from most of the other hosting providers really? and that, Literally, I don't. I really, I really don't. Dash. I really, really, uh, maybe learn dash. Maybe it just depends on what they do with it and how they position it. I see absolutely no logic in the rest of it. That's just my personal opinion, Brian. Well, you know, speaking I, of propaganda, I, I've got to I've got to disagree with that. I think Pagey was a, was one of the most sensible pro- propositions and <laughs> acquisitions that GoDaddy could have ever made. Because if you can't build it, buy it, right? Because obviously the culture at GoDaddy. I totally disagree big. with you there, is, Angie. Because we, no, we, but it's like, let me have my word, please, Jonathan. Yeah. yeah. The culture at GoDaddy, we all know, is is conglomerate corporate culture, right? It was impossible for them to build a Pagely. So the only thing that they can do is buy it, and they've got the wherewithal to do that. With Liquid Web, they had a relationship with LearnDash anyway. They were, Chris Lemmer was way behind LearnDash months, years ago as well. They're, there's a great, diverse lot of um, developers in LearnDash as well. And you've got 
a situation where Nexus and Liquid Web are building this kind of all-in-one solution. So you you just press a button, you've got WooCommerce, and you've got all your content for your website, whatever you are, whether a, a florist or, or whatever. And why not have learning? Learning is 10, 12, 24 billion a year industry now. Look at the success of Lifter LMS. Look at the success of LearnDash. Look at the success of um, all of the, the SaaS platforms for learning. It's a dead simple it's like a yeah, we'll buy learn dash. It's it's not it's not an issue. John Block, what do you reckon about these acquisitions? Well, okay. Uh in preparation for this, I was reading uh going back and reading what Pippin wrote when he was acquired, when Sandhills was acquired by Automotive. And he said there's only three outcomes for any uh type of business. Either it fades out, it gets passed down to someone else in the family or it gets acquired. And those are the only three outcomes for any company. Um, And it seems like we're in the season of a lot of the old school founders. They're ready to get off the hamster wheel and they're ready to take a break and hand somebody else the reins so they can take some time to regroup. And then uh, in a few years or, or whenever their contracts are up, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, but you know, then they can go and build the next thing. But it's a lot of work being an entrepreneur, um, and it's a lot of stress making yeah. payroll and and uh, it, it, it is, and that's why I sold everything marketplace to In Motion. You know, I uh, In Motion asked me; it took them three years for them uh, of asking, and I, eventually I was ready to sell it. Uh, you know, I had a five-year target. I I missed it by three months. You know, it, it was four four years nine months or whatever it was, you know, but I sold it within that five-year period. And I've always thought about whenever you have a business, doesn't matter whether it's bricks and mortar, is that you you make it, you build it, you grow it, you sell it. It's that simple. You know, that otherwise the founders, the founders definitely, especially with, you know, I was in printing for years, you just get tired of the same old shit. It's just you know, there's always time for a reprint. It's just, you know, it doesn't matter whose mistake it is, there's always time for a reprint. There's, you know, it's always urgent, it's always vital, and you get sick of it. So you sell your print business, which we did. Your restaurants, your your customers get tired, your chefs get tired, you know, everybody, whatever. But as an acquisition, if you're going to acquire a business, you've got to look at it sensibly. And I think WP Engine saw an opportunity with you, with, with Frost and with all that you've got and with your studio press and everything and thought do you know what we we as wp engine need something else to add value to us so that we can go to ipo and make i just say something about your remark about pagely because i totally agree what you've just said to brian it it makes sense to me but your remark about pagely we've seen this prayer book before they bought media temple and Maybe they've learned from their mistake, Jonathan. Well, they made enough mistakes. Hopefully, they will learn from them. But that that didn't turn out all that well, did it? They, no, Media Temple was the darling of the developer WordPress community, and that just watch, watch how that worked out. It's still alive, right? So now we're gonna we're gonna. I think we're gonna go for a break, aren't we, Jonathan? You can you can confirm that. We go for another little break. Thank you. And we'll be back in a moment after you've listened to our sponsors. Hi there, folks. Are you looking to build modern shopping cart landing pages using the power of WooCommerce for yourself or for clients? And you want to do that quickly with little need to know about hand coding? Well, if the answer is yes, and it should be, I've got the perfect answer for you, and that's Launch Flows. Launch Flows is the most modern and easiest way of building modern landing shopping pages for your clients. It also works natively with Gutenberg and the leading page builders like Elementor or Divi. It's really flexible, really powerful. Plus, if you go to the WP Tonic website, Backlink newsletter, you'll get an amazing deal of the Launch Flows lifetime deal. I think you almost get a third off, which is just amazing. And it's just an exclusive offer to you, the tribe. Please show your support for Launch Flows, who's a sponsor of the WP Tonic podcast and for the show itself. It's much appreciated. I'm Bertha. 
an AI-based writing assistant to help you write better content on your WordPress website. In just a few clicks you can ask me to help you write outstanding content for your website that's guaranteed to convert, from blog posts to landing pages, to product pages. Never be left with that blank page again. You can try me for free on Bertha.ai. See you soon. Right, we're back. Now, what, you know, while we've, you've been listening to that, don't forget to join our Facebook group, WP Mastermind. It's great. So you can also subscribe to our newsletter, which will all be in the show notes and everything. But the newsletter is on wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. And all the recommendations of our great panel will be there. Now, I don't know whether you're sticking around with us, uh, Brian, but we've got another little thing. Tech, it's quite controversial, this is tech because tech companies tend to have a lot of money. You know, the big tech guys have a lot of money and they invest in things. And now, Sally, they're buying all the corner shops to their own ends so that they can get stuff delivered to us within 33 microseconds. What do you reckon to this? Well, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's both interesting and a little alarming. Uh, somewhere uh, along here in this article... Uh, which is hefty as Atlantic articles tend to be, um, uh, it says, uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> there is a, uh, a a possibility that, you know, in the in places like India and, and Africa, the, um, <clears throat> you know, the local stores could could learn to, uh, you know, coexist with the big tech companies instead of simply being obliterated with them. There, there is no suggestion that these stores might actually like be able to remain independent. Um, so uh, I, that's a little uh, alarming. Uh, uh, but uh, so, uh, you know, uh, we'll see. I don't know enough about what's happening in the rest of the world to, um, uh, to really be sure about how this is, Going, but I do know that uh, there are a number of, of parts of you know what Americans think of as the developing world, uh, uh, <clears throat> where types of technology are being employed that we haven't adopted here, where they they've just skipped over a number of things and into doing. Well, things they're kind of like using those. Phones. I think they're using those as a test bed. Right, moving on from that, Brian's going to go in about four minutes now. So I want. As a tech guy that works for a big tech company, what do you reckon about these tech companies buying these bricks and mortar businesses to make their business look better? You know, it's one of those things. I looked into it. I don't have a ton of, uh, ton of. I, I live in a silo sometimes, where like I just work within my things and I try to stay out of a lot of other things. And so, unfortunately, on this this one, I don't have too much of an opinion other than, you know, people are going to do what they need to do to to try to do and you know, see what happens at that point. All right. Well, I've got a view on it. Thanks for that, Brian. I've got a view on it where, because I know that my local, I've got to be American in here. Well, no, I can't remember what you call them, but um, gas station, that's the one gas station, petrol station for any of our English viewers. Um, they are a Londis. They're a local store as well as being a gas station. And they do, they deliver everything that's in their store anyway via Uber who guarantee it within 15 to 25, 20 minutes or whatever it may be. So isn't this just the tech company saying, well, we're going to take control of this, but they're eventually going to have to use um, a delivery person to do it. And I think we've got, um, you know, we've got Amazon who use Amazon local. We've got in the, in my uh, neck of the woods, we've got a company called, um, can't remember it, but it's some DHL local, which is a franchise. I happen to be in my area. I happen to play golf with the owner of that franchise, 400 vans, you know, so they, they, they act as they pick it up all from the depot and they deliver it to the local area. And that's where the, the big companies like Amazon and, and, and um, pretty little thing, if they're going to send out address, that's where they send everything because it's cheaper to get there because people want things the next day. You know, you can now order something address at 4 p.m. in the afternoon and get it at 8 o'clock. I ordered a phone or my Lumina camera that I'm using. I ordered my Lumina camera at 10 o'clock in the morning 
and got it at 4 p.m. that day. So is it what, what I want from the panel, and I think I'll go to John, John, Jonathan on this one, is it necessary that we need everything same day? So basically having the experience of going to a store ourselves, buying it, taking it home and unpacking it. But what we're actually asking these distribution companies to do is do the shopping for us and deliver it to us the same day. Is that necessary, Jonathan? Well, I suppose the market will decide that. But the fundamental issue is what drives this. There's two factors that are driving this. One factor is the last mile delivery is really very unprofitable. Delivering parcels to people's individual homes is a terrible business to be involved in. Well, it's just a terrible business model. There's a couple of books, one of them I read, and the actual um, delivering parcels to residential properties is disastrous. Uh, um, And this drives a lot of what's happening. Um, And the other fact, you know, um, it, it resulted in some of the behaviour of Amazon towards non-key staff because it's a very, um, the last part of the business model is really very unprofitable. So it drives the other factors in the business. The other factor is this 15, 30-minute delivery. And there's a lot of startups that have been well-funded and they're buying not only offshore, but in Chicago, New York, San Francisco, they're buying ethnic stores, they're buying out, and they're just they're closing them down, basically, and they're just using them as little mini hubs for their delivery networks, because they, yeah. they that, and that's very controversial, because it, you know, the, you know. We, I built a website many years ago, 10, 10 15 years ago, where the company specialised in that last mile, and they were basically selling out-of-date stuff or four-day. It was going to go out of date in four days, and that was their that was their USP. So they were they were going to Londis and the and the other little corner shops and saying, "We will pick up your stuff and we'll deliver it to our customers." Within seven months, they were turning over twenty million a month. That's how popular it was. And then it got bought out by somebody else. But the point is, is that because of the demand of us lazy human beings who sit on our bottoms in front of a screen all the time, whether it's a computer screen or a a, a TV, we want our coffee. I've got friends that live in the Tribeca, is it, in New York? It's called Tribeca. They don't have any food in their house at all. They don't even have coffee. They order coffee. (laughs) Every single bit of food they order is ordered out. It's crazy. So that's the way the world's going. It, they don't do. They can afford to do that. They're lucky. They. Well, do. I think that. I think who knows. I that's think that's an urban. That's an that's an urban issue. Yeah, that's cra- it's crazy. No, but that's a, that's a parking slash carrying it in your hands issue. Not a like if you live anywhere where you can actually drive and park. Like when you came to visit Chicago. You know, nobody in the suburbs is ordering coffee into their house every morning because out there, the opposite is true. This is a a transportation, last-minute delivery issue. There are all these mom-and-pop hubs that already exist that are inefficient in stacking the things they need. By making them uniform, you're essentially extending the reach of the central platform so that somebody doesn't have to order and wait for a UPS truck even the same day to come, like Jonathan says, just to them. I can go to the corner bodega and get the thing that most of the people like me wanted to get from Amazon, but I buy it off the shelf. And the benefit to the bodega owner, which is what they call it in New York, is that they get all of the upside like a franchisee of being a McDonald's restaurant that sure. has a menu of stuff people already want. And I think sure. that's no. inevitable. It's just inevitable. But I think the, 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 what, what, what a lot of people don't understand is that the Amazon delivery that comes into you is generally a driver that works for an Amazon franchise, right? Who's got 30, 40 drivers, maybe 100 drivers out on there. And that's that's how this, this is how, I'm afraid, this is how the world's going. I mean, you know, on the screen now, it's get 50% off HelloFresh today. I totally, I understand where you're coming from, but this isn't a false of bloody nature. It's a bit like the, the story in the first half of the show 
about security and you and Spencer say, well, we're being watched all the time anyway, so we're just going to suck it up. That's how I think. No, it's just a choice. Well, if you want to rebel against this and drive, you know, drive down when it's minus 18 degrees centigrade and get your food, you carry on. But I'm going to get it delivered. Thanks very much. Let's move on. Right, so basically... Story number one, two, three, four, five. Now, we get this a lot, actually. I was in a uh, the Focus WP Facebook group thing on Thursday, and it's a, it's a great little forum of, with, with freelancers and agencies and copywriters and everything like that. And we've got people that ha- are suffering in their little business. You know, we're all self-employed people. We have a limited business, and, and we, we try and hope that we're making a profit now this guy's story is how i saved my design agency and tripled my profits by actually looking into how the business is run so many of us as entrepreneurs say yeah that's a great idea let's do that and then all of a sudden the purse is empty in three months time you got no work on you got wages to pay uh and you're in the sh1t so you just got to think about how we're doing so how are you john jonathan john Locke? how do you cope with this self-employment, running your business, cash flow, whatever. What's the secret, mate? Well, it's like the article says, you got to stick to your core thing and uh, hammer on that and and build around that. A good example of focusing on one thing and doing it really great. Jonathan uh, knows this guy because he was a guest one time, Tim Brown from Hook Agency. Um. They have focused specifically on contractors and with a lot of attention toward roofing SEO. And they're busier than ever. They're, they've grown exponentially. And uh, it, it's wild. Now, I, I've, I'm not in this position myself, but I've heard a lot of people say that our agency owners that you can be small, you can be like a, a handful of people, or you can be like very large, like 10 up. But like in between is where it gets difficult to manage like payroll and stuff like that. Um, So you can either stay small or like once you get past a certain point, you have to race to get big to remain profitable. Um, But yeah, if you you just take everything and anything that comes by, then you're not the go-to person for that. And I think it's much better to be the go-to for like one thing uh, than it is to be uh, doing anything and everything. So effectively niche down, as you guys mm-hmm. say it. Oh, yeah. Niche oh, down, yeah. as I say Sally, how do you cope being a freelancer, entrepreneur, all the issues around? Oh, not as well as I could. That That's how. Um, uh, 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 truly, I mean, I still haven't settled on um, a niche, although I have better... Uh, uh, identified sort of who is my ideal client and what ty- type of uh, sites do I want to uh, to build. But I haven't, you know, I mean, I know, I remember when John decided he was going to focus on SEO and that, you know, made it, gave him a much clearer path to finding clients. Best decision uh, and, ever. Uh, yeah. You. And I've, I've, yeah. I've seen this, I've seen this happen a lot uh, and you can't do everything. It's just like, you know, there was an article that I saw about, you know, uh, WordPress developers, are you only focusing on WordPress and not paying attention to anything else? I'm like, hey, I, I, if I can keep up with WordPress, I'm doing well. I, I know that it leaves me vulnerable because I'm not familiar with other things. But there is not enough time in the day to be an expert at, you know, WordPress and Squarespace, and Shopify, and blah, blah, and such and so, Uh, you know, uh, or at least not at my age. So, uh, you know, I have to decide which sorts of things um, I'm going to focus on and get into uh, deeply. Brilliant. So I reckon we've, you know, we've got it, I focus on other everything. So I'm you know, I'm not, not the norm method, but I've got developers that can do anything, so it's not a problem. And I, I just, I, I, my question when people, or my my answer to people before they've even spoken to me is, yes, now what's the question? And I've I've done okay at it. But Jonathan Denwood, my uh, erstwhile founder, 
of WP Tonic. You, when did you decide to niche down into the learning management system? When, where, as, what made that conscious decision for you to do that? Because I didn't want my book of business to be um, linked to a geographic area. You know, most of my clientele came from nor- northern Nevada. And, um, you know, I lived through a really bad recession in this in America. And um, I didn't want, I didn't want, which, unfortunately, when California gets, gets a cold... Um, Northern Nevada gets pneumonia, uh, um, and I didn't want to have to go through that again because I burnt through a lot of money. It led to my divorce, and it led to a lot of business and personal pain, and I didn't want myself to be exposed to a region that has its ups, and then when California, it gets really destroyed basically so i wanted a a business model that didn't rely on a particular region so um and i was doing work in that particular area and i thought even though i was going to take a substantial hit in income because it's taking years of seo writing articles positioning rebuilding the website finding it's a lot of work when you want a, a knit too niche um and i it, i actually took a, a fundamental reduction in income for a couple of years i actually had to work for a, a large company part-time to yeah subsidize. well that's i mean that's all part of the entrepreneurial journey yeah. isn't it? we've all had to i haven't i've been lucky enough for the last 30 years mm. i haven't had to do that but i mean you know I've, I've been seconded to companies while i've had my own company mm. as md of this or md of that you know to, to you know on a four week six week contract but i think there was some fundamental thing it wasn't the greatest article but there's some no. first of all i think finding a niche um I think a lot of developers, they struggle with that because they get bored if they find a niche because they are, it's repeat and rinse. It's repeat and rinse. And they like new, shiny stuff. But repeat and rinse is the way to make money. It's one of the fund of, one fundamental things that Spencer tried to teach when he had his, his tribe is repeat and rinse is the way to make money. Yeah. Uh, um, but most developing shops, they don't like that because they get a bit bored with it. So repeat and rinse is important. Secondly, having some understanding of your cost, costs and your profit is rather important. And yeah. thirdly, the model of having full-time staff, unless you've got some really large con- concrete um, contracts ongoing retainer, monthly retainers, is a nightmare thing. Having... Yeah, full-time staff, paid staff, <clears throat> when you're a design agency, it's a freaking nightmare. Because well, you've got to fill those books, haven't you, with orders? Well, and that's, and that's- I, bet, I, I don't employ anybody direct. They're all, they're all freelancers on retainers that work for me because that's a sustainable model. Having direct employing people... You know, unless you've got a substantial, it, you're going to lose most of your hair because it's... So you're uh, basically the Uber of, of web design companies. You keep people on a, a retainer who are not, aren't actually employed by you, but they are actually. Is that what you're saying? Well, they're not. They're, they're freelancers. They have other clients, but they work with me. And a lot lot of them, you know, John is an example, but I have a whole group of people, and all of them on retainers. I'll pay them a, a monthly retainer um, to do so much work and also help me when I need it. Yeah, which is a good idea, and that's why, that's why I think WordPress is actually, or forms, to help entrepreneurs, and Spencer's going to confirm this for me in a minute, because he started working with Muneer and Essa and people that I've worked with and all that kind of stuff, the people who are ready to jump in. But it's a kind of a we, – we kind of run a gig economy, don't we, Spencer? What are you, what's your thoughts on this about, you know, surviving as an entrepreneur, making sure that you've got enough work in, getting your payroll sorted out? You coach people. What do you tell them? I mean, first of all, there's a difference between an entrepreneur and somebody who's building a company from – 
multiple people to participate in, right? And I think sure. most entrepreneurs, and I would include myself here, do not have an interest in running large person companies, right? It's a different mindset. It's a different procedure. It's a lot of politics. Entrepreneurs solve problems quickly and efficiently with judicious application of whatever time they have. And that rule is what applies, like Jonathan was saying, I used to teach as well, rinse and repeat. You find a pain point, you see whether it's interesting, you solve it for yourself, then you teach people and see if they respond, and then you sell it. And that model is something that is really exciting in today's WordPress ecosystem or business in general. Why? Because even though it's scary to normal people who have a J-O-B, to an entrepreneur, all of the drama of a changing world and new technology and all the politics, all this stuff means somebody's shaking up the snow globe of what was. And guess who gets to run into there first? The entrepreneur. Because everybody else is waiting for entrepreneurs to solve the problems. And to me, that's something that has typically been like a 10-year cycle. So back to your early story about like selling companies and so forth. I would agree that the founders and the people who did the early WordPress were never intending to run 30, 40, 50, 100 person companies. That's why there's a lot of exits. And now we're going to see a situation in WordPress where it's not going to be single person companies. It will be entrepreneurs coming up with aggregations or consolidations of old ideas to solve new problems, but then big money is going to come in. That's the difference. No longer will WordPress, in my opinion, ever have a little person running up to like a million dollar company. It's going to be first the entrepreneur comes in on their own bootstrapping or with money, sees the problem, comes up with a proposal. Then big money comes behind them in order to compete with the fact that all the other companies that are existing are owned and operated at that level. So it's a little sad on the one hand, but it's super exciting on the other because using real estate as a model. I started real estate when interest rates were 14% and nobody was buying anything. And then around 1992, money started to come in. But for those of us who accidentally discovered that there was tons of money if we found the right property, it was like the Wild West for two or three years. Nobody was around competing. I could find a property, offer the owner full money what they were asking in cash, and then flip it for double. That's what's going on in WordPress right now. Nobody, in my opinion, in five years is going to be starting a company and running it to a million dollars on their own. But the consequence is you have to be nimble. If you run an agency, you can't just fill it up with, with faces and names. You have to be like, what are these people doing for me? Yeah. Otherwise, I have, to shift, I have to shift to something that requires less people to get the same net profit. Well, this is what this guy found. You know, he employed a load of people and then all his, all his top people were busy teaching these people so you, you know he didn't oh. but if he systemized that i mean i've got a couple of interns they get paid just you know just saying they get paid their title is in as they should for exactly for their for their own benefit <laughs> their title is intern um and they have training dates and they have and they do courses online courses and they have mentor days with me and they also have training days with the guys that actually guys and girls that know what they're doing and it's working you know, it's turning out to be a, a, a very profitable way of doing business for us because we've got the, the the people at the very beginning able to do the grunt work whilst they're learning, they're getting paid, they're happy. The guys, like the guys and girls that are doing the top end programming, they're saying, well, these guys can do this CSS and JavaScript now because that's their basic level. Um, and they're carrying on. But I'm not saying that it's going to be a, a raging success. We all have our challenges in business. But, you know, the, the, the really the article, like Jonathan Denwood said, there's no real surprise for us because we've been around and on the mill. But I think for a, a, a person that wants to get into any kind of entrepreneur, entrepreneurial business needs to read articles like this five times a day just to get it in their mind that it's not actually as easy as we think. So thank you for that. I think we need to go on to the recommendations of the week now, Andrew. Can you butt out for one second? What am I doing? I'm bringing up my notes. It's like, yeah, you can be the host. No, you can't. Right, okay. <laughs> right. Can we have... Uh... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to be helpful, Andrew. Shut <laughs> up. Andrew, you're breaking up. Can we all Ow. just get along? 
Mark? Kind of. You're, you're still kind of frozen and delayed. Let me just fix that. Hold on. Well, we lost him. Shall I take over then? No, <laughs> <laughs> he's, nice. I'm back. he's gone. I'm back. He's back. It's because I live in the countryside and we live in the 19th century as far as flipping broadband is concerned in this country, but never mind. Right, you've all got me, John. I'm sorry, John. Look, I'm, trying, I'm sorry to bore you, yawning there. John, what's your recommendation? John Locke. Okay, so my recommendation is a uh, YouTube channel that I just came across, uh, Brie Hall Bites of Brie. She's a uh, web developer chronicling her uh, journey. So I think you should go check that out because it's a pretty good channel. I watched her latest video. Oh, you did? Right on. I did, yeah. And it was... Uh... Shocking, but there you go. Oh, okay, you yep, yep. What can you do? Mm -hmm. uh, Spencer, what's your recommendation this week? I did a free video and article on a plugin called Previous Page Redirect for WooCommerce. Oh. It essentially solves the problem that many people are having where you're selling a product on WooCommerce or through a sales funnel, and it by default takes you to the My Account page. But what you really want is people to go back to where they were to finish upsells, downsells, and so forth. So it's a very simple, you know, snippet or utility plugin that for a lot of WooCommerce people would be very useful. Okay, cool. Put, put the link in so I can whack it. I did. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Jonathan Denwood, what's your recommendation? I'll leave Sally still last because it's going to be a bit longer, I think, on this one. Yeah, sure. Sally, um, it, it's a... Uh, it's a learning management system that was developed for WooCommerce. Um, when um, Automatic bought WooCommerce, it seemed to buy, die a little bit. It was just not being developed. <coughs> but recently, they've been um, they've hired a new developer. I'm going to do outreach and see if they come on the interview show. And they've been throwing a lot of money at it and trying to rear get it up to speed so it could be interesting folks awesome awesome i used that many years ago on the site sally all right my recommendation this week because john is not our only diversity advocate in the uh panel uh, uh is a, a video um a recording from an event apart uh, uh presentation uh, it's called uh, Working Together in Diverse Teams. Uh, the presenter is Farai Madzima, who is, um, I think, the like head designer at uh, Shopify, someplace like that, oh, some, wow. some very large company. Uh, anyway, he's he is really great, uh, and uh, his basic thesis of presentations he does is that you know we are the tech industry; it is therefore everybody's responsibility to uh, do something if we want to see change. And then he provides different um, ways to help move that along. And this one is about uh, working together in teams and uh, establishing greater uh, trust and therefore effectiveness. Oh, right. So my recommendation is completely off the bat. It's not anything to do with tech or anything it's to do with tech and talent really and it's all about a band called walk off the earth and we all like to oh listen God, to uh music occasionally and whether it, whether it's uh youtube or anything like that it's it's always good to have a backup of music. now this is a cover band so there's a full selection of every single band you've ever heard of um, when you go to, you know, walk off the earth. So just search Google, walk off the earth, go on YouTube, search walk off the earth, and uh, they'll change your life because they've, they're full of happy songs and a few sad songs and stuff. And they do the, the best cover um, of, a, of a Taylor Swift song ever. And so, you know, just search for Taylor Swift, walk off the earth, and it will knock your socks off because it's a cappella and uh, a bit of beatboxing going on. It's just, it's crazy. So it's loads of fun. And that's what we like to have in the WordPress world, loads of fun. Um, and now I, there, was a, there was a thing that I wanted to say, which is, uh, because I haven't said it yet, 
I have said it, but I really want to just say thanks to all the guests for coming to stuff. It was nice to see Brian Gardner. And basically, I really, I think we should promote the the, uh, WP Mastermind Facebook group. There's some interesting posts in there today. So if you are listening to the podcast, just go on a Facebook and and type in WP Mastermind uh, and you will find the Facebook group. And obviously go to WP-Tonic. Uh, com forward slash newsletter to sign up to newsletter. All the show notes are in there. And, um, you know, forward slash podcast is where the podcasts are. It offers a great amount of stuff. Now, for the moment, we're over. And uh, this is the main show gone. So thanks, guests. We're going to say goodbye to you at this stage. But you're all going to stick around for the extras for the WP Mastermind group. Are we not? No. But... Um... We're not going to do it because we can stay on if you want to. Uh, We're not going to do an extra today. You've moved it around. I've been away for a week. You've been away. Yeah, I got to go. My phone's about to We're going. I got to go as well. Nice. Thanks for coming. It's been great. Ta-da. Brilliant. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 